We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation. Presented by Twisted T. Let's get to the last one left. The fifth biggest question going into the spring for Notre Dame football. What's our results looking like? Our results? As far as what people are saying? Yeah, have we got a, any any feedback on that? On what? The, the biggest questions? Uh, no one's really entered. You know, I have some GTB questions, but nobody's really entered their biggest question. I haven't seen anybody. So if you want to enter your biggest question going into the spring, put it in the chat. Put it in the chat, Notre Dame fans, so we can get to it. Biggest question, man. Where will this Notre Dame team? get his leadership from because offensively very young who are going to be the leaders we expect guys like Howard Cross Riley Mills to be leaders Xavier Watts is a great player I don't know he's going to get a C on his chest Uh, Benjamin Morrison has not had to be a leader because Cam Hart has been the leader in the secondary now Benjamin Morrison gets that opportunity to be that leader for guys like Micah Bell, Christian Gray, Jaden Mickey. Who's going to be the leader? J.D. Bertrand has been the guy leading the charge for three consecutive years, left. Who's going to be the leader at linebacker? Who's going to step up and be that guy? That's a huge question, man. Leadership on this team. Who will be the leaders on this 2024 Fighting Irish team? That's something that we're going to see play out. But it's a huge question going into the season left because you pointed out the biggest difference between the 2015 team and the 2016 team wasn't talent. It was flat out leadership. Talk about that, why leadership is so important to the success of a team. This is importance because it's the difference between an 11 win team or a four and eight team. Because at the end of the day, you got to look at it from the perspective of who's 
going to help these guys stay consistent throughout a long season. Younger guys and experienced guys don't know what it takes to do that. So you need leadership to be able to uh, rally that and keep that expectation and be consistent in the season that, you know, even the games you're supposed to win seem harder the later in the season as they can. Yeah, I am looking forward to um... – I'm definitely looking forward to what they can do. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, the quarterback normally, unless he's just dead and doesn't have any personality, your quarterback is going to be one of your leaders. And hey, Riley Leonard will probably be one of the most experienced guys on the offensive side of the ball, besides the transfers that are coming in at wide receiver. I expect that. Um, Jaden Thomas probably would end up being a leader offensively. Uh, I don't know if one of the transfers in the wide receiver room. I don't know if they need to be leaders. But I think, in my opinion, I would much rather Bo Collins and Chris Mitchell bring swag. Right? Because I would love for the leaders to be guys from inside the program that were developed in the program. I just need the wide receivers that are coming in via the portal to bring swag. Yeah, I need, I need the guys from the portal to be the complimented players that the team is appreciative for, not not solely depending on moving the program forward because of them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lilo Galante, that's a good question about Xavier Watts. I don't see... I won't. I can't sit here and say that he's not vocal, but guys like Xavier Watts and guys like Benjamin Morrison have not had to be vocal in their time in Notre Dame. They haven't had to. It's not to say that they can't be, but when you have DJ Brown was a leader, man. You could talk about the drop interceptions. You could talk about the disappointment in other plays, but he was a leader on that defense. He was a guy 
that players look to. Cam Hart was a guy players look to. J.D. Bertrand was a guy players look to. They're going to be super talented on defense, but who will the leaders be on that defense? You know, so I can't say that Benjamin Morris and Xavier Watts aren't vocal leaders. Will they now they have the opportunity to show whether whether or not they're vocal leaders. J.D. Mickey has been a talker from the first practice at Notre Dame. He's vocal. You know, could he be a leader? And I think via football and life, Jay Mickey has been tested and has been has gone through the fires in both areas. And that can definitely make him a prime contender to be one of the leaders on the defensive side of the ball with Riley Mills and Howard Cross. Christian Gray, I don't think it's his time, but yeah, Christian Gray won't have a, when it's his time to be a leader, he'll definitely be, that will be an easy choice in my opinion. Christian Gray will be, be an easy choice. Um, I think yeah, Drake, I think Drake yeah, Drake Bowen is a leader, but Drake Bowen is a very quiet leader. Yeah, I thought Drake Bowen would have the personality of a CJ Carr, a very team guy. Team rallies behind him, more boisterous. Oh, dude, everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. Everybody in the 23 class loved him. He was the Pied Piper, in a sense, of that class, right? When guys decommitted, I'll do. Him and Keon Keeley were really, really close in the recruiting process. They talked all the time. He's in the portal now. When Keon Keeley, is he? I didn't see that. Well, I saw someone was thinking about it or something. Oh, okay. I was about to say that would be huge news. Especially with um both guys more than likely being uh in the portal. I mean in the uh draft. No, I haven't seen anything. There's nothing on his page. But yeah. But my point was like when Keon was going through his decision, he just stopped communication with Drake. You know, like, dude, I can't even talk to Drake. Because if I talk to Drake, it's gonna make the decision tough. You know what I'm saying? So right. Drake was that he was that dude. And I think that's the type of leader. He can be, you know, and I think what you're going to see left is that eventually in the middle of the season, you're going to see a rotation of Drake, um, Drake, KBA, and Jaden Osbury at the linebacker position. I think you're going to see a rotation of those three guys at two positions, and then you're going to have uh, the senior leadership of Jack Kaiser. Jack Kaiser would be a leader as well. Jack Kaiser would be a leader. He he definitely will be a leader. He'll definitely be a leader. Um, but yeah, I rem- I remember we did a show and somebody put in the chat that they heard that he could possibly be leaving or something because of playing time. But I you know 
Alabama's a place you where you go and you know, okay, I have to wait my turn. Especially at that position. You know what the biggest difference is with Alabama right now? Which is confusing to me, left. Maybe you can explain it. They don't they don't they don't they don't have those Cody and Jonathan Allen guys anymore up the middle. They got a, it's like a hybrid kind of thing they got. It's like more of a uh, these guys are built more for the running linearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, side to side than it is just an up front push. So they got more Jalen Smith like mm-hmm. freaks than mm-hmm. a two it in a uh, mix. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just don't know. Uh, it's it's confusing, left because, dude, they were Alabama was known for their defensive tackles, Payne, Allen, Cody. Like, dude, Quentin Williams, like, yes, that was Quentin Williams, yes, that was their defense, man. And now, dude, they just don't have those dudes up the middle anymore. Yeah, I mean, of course, Texas, but I mean, there's more than two dudes in the country. You know, Alabama usually can find a kid from Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you know, to be that good, but. You know, it is um, it's very interesting, love. Very interesting. But yeah, that's number five, man. That's number five. Who will be the leaders of this team? And that's a question that I hope can be answered early. And I'm sure Marcus Freeman, who does allow the players to kind of dictate and operates off the players, but I hope he's watching as well to see who those leaders, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, where the playing time or game action is going to be minimal to start the season as far as experience. Um, yeah, I saw Dave McCullough. You know, Dave McCullough had a great start to the season, and all of a sudden they started, like, taking his snaps because he was playing hybrid, like linebacker in certain packages and safety in the other package. And I'm sure it was, like, impact of Peyton Bourne and other things. So he's transferring from Oklahoma. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any room at the end at Notre Dame. Um, I know Notre Dame is bringing in the Rod Hurd King kid from the, the left. Rod Hurd, grad mm. transfer from Northwestern. I already know that's going to turn you off. <laughs> to play safety. I, I can see it right there. Oh, man. Here we go. I think we just might well establish a pipeline. Dude, that that grad transfer pipeline from Northwestern to Notre Dame is uh is pretty uh pretty interesting. I mean, if I'm a Northwestern kid, and Rod Hurd played very well, bro. Yeah, he played very well this year. He really did. That entire Brandon Joseph played very well. <laughs> Point taken. Point taken. <laughs> Point taken left. I Notre Dame fans, I can't even counter that. I'm trying to be nice to Rod Hurd as he takes his visit to Notre Dame, but I can't. I mean, we might as well just establish like, look, if you're from the Ivy League, you're 
or you're similar in whatever, you can come to Notre Dame. Because it's like we're only picking from a couple places. Hey, man, look. His stats on the season. Uh, the young man had – come on, Northwestern. Update your website. How do you not have the stats up on the website? Come on, do better. This would be his sixth year. He started at Northwestern in 2019, so of course he gets the COVID year. This would be his sixth season. He had a medical year in there as well. That's crazy. Six or seven total. beat down the field. That's what they said. <laughs> he has 67 total tackles, 47 solo, <laughs> four tackles for loss, one sack, one interception, and two passes defended. Give me Ben Minich. Yeah, Give that's not Minich. too much to be. Give me Ben Minich. See what our guys in the tank got. These transfer guys that are looking to get elevated. Come on. Uh, let's start cashing in on some, get some more Jack Cones in the building, man. What do we got to do to get some more Jack Cones in the building? Oh, Thomas Harper was a really good player this year. Thomas I Harper thought he came was. to Oklahoma I think State. He's a really good player. It was just a bad taste when he got smoked on them, them slot routes by Ohio State. Because hmm. they was picking on him. He just became the weakest link in that drive. But I yeah, thought Mecca. he played well as a one year yeah. come in, come help the team out kind of role. Yeah, yeah. Ben and uh, Don Shula both should get shots. And Ben Minich was balling during the spring. I don't know if you guys remember the reports from the spring. Yeah, they were saying Ben was making some plays. He got injured. <laughs> uh, he got injured late in the spring, and it kind of tailed on into the summer. Yeah. But early on in the spring, Ben Minich was, like, getting, getting an interception, like, every day. Like, yeah. every day he was making a play. Yeah, yeah. Adon looked like a little – he looked like something. I don't know if he doing anything, but he looked like something. What? Yo, he looked good in the Sun Bowl. Yeah, he didn't look bad. He looked good in the Sun Bowl. So, we got – I'm just really big on See, this using is my thing, young guys in the tank, this. man. Is this more about talent or is it more about mentality? Because – Kirby just coaches. Kirby has no problem putting uh, true freshman safeties in the back. Yeah, none. None. They, none they're probably talented, four or five stars. They're probably like, more talented than the average. But, but but still, there's a mentality where he's like, dude, we going to coach. Yeah. Like, if it's, if it's this close between a veteran and a young kid, we're going to coach that young We're going to take the young dude and coach him. And I just don't – I don't know if I see that mentality yet on the back Not end. Not like, We got these – traditions we hold but and uh i do think that when talent is so good mm -hmm. like kyle hamilton you're coaching that young even kyle hamilton sat his first year sort yeah. of he played yeah. i mean he played a little bit he didn't play as much though right i remember when he got in he had that pick versus uh pick six versus uh who was that marshall or something when he was young, at pick six versus one of them schools, we struggled against. And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, he's on, he's on the stage. So it's 
cool to see him doing his thing against the Ravens, looking like a top safety in the league. So that's good too. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Great show. Fantastic show. Hey, chat. You guys are fantastic today, man. You guys brought up some great stuff inside of the conversation of the five big questions. Man, fantastic show today, left. Your insight was like really good, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you for the super chats. Let's get to some of these questions and comments and get out of here, left. Iris Gordian now says favorite his favorite place to take a nap is the hammock behind the crib by the pond. I don't know how y'all deal with bugs, man. Bugs when you sleep. Bugs being on you when you sleep. It just never sat right with me, man. I think like certain things like eating outside, I'm not a big fan of. Hmm. Why you want to have a meal outside? You know, we beyond that. We beyond that. I got Jay. Thank you for tapping in. Jay says, it's a wrap for me in the passenger seat of the car. I don't feel comfortable going to sleep when somebody else is driving. I mean, I don't feel comfortable going to sleep when I'm driving, but I'm just saying. I I see, I can't fall asleep on the plane, but the driving thing, I mean, it's, I guess it's a trust thing subconsciously. I'm with you there, Left. I say we're taking the trip to L.A., which we've done a lot over the last four years. It's a hell of a trip. I'll close the laptop. <laughs> I'm not fully asleep, but I'll close the laptop or whatever I'm doing once we get like maybe an hour and a half out. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's just yeah. I'm I'm one eye open, one eye closed kind of thing. Like I'm I'm yeah. asleep, but I ain't sleep. Because mm-hmm. if something shaped the wrong way, I'm up like. See if y'all need help with something back there. You got a better chance of having an accident in a car than you do having an accident. I don't want to hear them numbers. Airplane. I don't want to hear that. Hey, the numbers are the numbers, bro. The numbers are the numbers. No, numbers are not numbers. Numbers can be favorable to whatever argument you want to make. My only request is if that's why it's still a Jordan LeBron debate because you can take any of these numbers and make it seem like Jordan is. It's only a debate. It's only a debate for you. (laughs) (laughs) There is no debate. You have a debate. <laughs> there is no debate. I was still. You said it's only one right answer. Hey, dude, it's a debate for you. That's fine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. 
Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. How soon can Denbrock get his playbook into the players' hands? Uh, that's, I mean, this is for you, love. Uh, and then my biggest curiosity this offseason is to see how jacked and fast these guys can get going forward, going to Lauren Landau, the director of uh, the new director of football. Man, honestly, it's like a, it's a slow process, man. I just think he's just got to get his books the right way, his film cut-ups done to what he wants. I mean, I'll be taking everything from LSU. So this is the thing. C.J. Carr came in prepared for practice because he was going off the previous playbook. Now he gets a new playbook. Yeah. I, Denbrock's stuff is more digestible. I think it's an okay. easier trade. Like, his stuff isn't complicated, which is, you know – I think highlighted when you got great talent because it just looks really good, you know. But it's I think all the guys will be able to get it pretty fast. Yeah. It's just a matter of who can work the best within what it, the way in which he's calling. I remember I've had arguments on the field with him about stuff that he's called. Like, dude, we don't need that. You know, like, bro, there's four you mean like the play. Here. You mean like the play you got hurt and screwed the whole season up? Man, listen, I didn't like that play either. And, and, and you know, it's so funny. Yeah, and, always, and look look what it got you. Look what it got us. You know what's so funny? The same play that mm -hmm. I got hurt on is the exact same play, different RPO, the same play that they ran at Alabama. It's a stupid-ass play. I don't like it. <laughs> and it's so funny because Kelly's – first thing Kelly said when I see him, he's like, you should have threw it instead of running it. I'm like, yeah, but it's such a stupid play because it's like, what a hindsight thing to say. That's why I don't like certain RPOs. The only RPOs I really like is the inside run with a slant behind it. But the whole side-by-side -side thing the is stuff just that Sark does. The type of stuff yeah, that Sark ex does. Exactly, exactly. The stuff that Sark scoring easy touchdowns on, like that stuff. Like that's more digestible because it's easier to read because there's a level to it as opposed to side by side, which is like, I just don't think it works uh, as a last play at a game, but definitely not a red zone play either because the closer you get, especially red zone going into the uh, end zone, teams are playing more top down. They're not allowing, they're not really backing up. So anything yeah. side to side is just not smart in that area of the field because teams are coming downhill more than likely. So yeah. you always want to keep some type of vertical stretch, I think, in the red zone so you keep teams honest or you, you sneak past them as one or two. Right. Here's a comment from Stephen Robert. I'm going to make it famous. Uh, uh, fancy. Stephen Robert. Like Rudy Gobert. He's not from France, so it's probably Stephen Robert. Every time Malik eats something on his pod, I like him to let us know what it is and what he rates it on a scale of one to ten. That would actually be dope. That would be dope. That's on Patreon. Patreon coming soon. <laughs> Food reviews and more. <laughs> Subscribe. Nuclear what Malik bombs ate on the Patreon. show today. Dropping nuclear bombs on Patreon. That, you know, that would be dope. What Malik ate on today's show. You remember, do you watch, uh, what's his name? 
Oh, he has a, a show on YouTube and Patreon. Uh, Kev on stage. Kev on stage. Is that the bald head, light skinned dude? He's not light skinned. He's he's I'm not, not light skinned, but he's brown. Me. He's brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kev like, yeah, on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. His co-host Angel. Literally every show is eating something. Every show, <laughs> and literally does her makeup during the show. Every show. <laughs> And it's like to the point where it's like, what's she gonna snack on today? Like you can literally place a prop bet on what she's gonna snack on today. So <laughs> that'd be dope. We will definitely say that for Patreon. Like, what's Malik? What does Malik eat today? And how does he rate it? I don't know. I haven't been doing a lot of fast food, but I'm going to this new restaurant with my mother today in Chicago. It is a black-owned hibachi spot left. My mother called me this morning, and she said, yo, it's a new black-owned hibachi spot on 31st Street. Do you want to go? A black-owned hibachi. Left. Look, I'm just going because she's paying, bro. She invited me, and I'm going because she's paying. How do you... How do you... <laughs> hey, you know, we support... We pretty much, anytime we find out about a black-owned establishment, we pretty much go support. We go support. Yeah. So if they own it, doesn't mean they have to be the ones cooking, though. You know, we'll see. I'll give I'll give the update tomorrow. NC Notre Dame fan, John Kenny Smith said that his Rockets team that won two back-to-back -back titles would have beat Jordan's Bulls. What do you say? Unless the Bulls made, I'm going to be objecting, something that, see, and I don't have to march around the wall to Jericho seven times like Malik. I'm going to be very objective. Um, Kenny Smith is right. Hakeem Olajuwon always gave the Bulls trouble even when they were winning championships. He would have been a problem in a series. And if the Bulls did not make a move to get another guy to replace Dennis Rodman, who was pretty much at the end of his rope in that sixth championship, it would have been really tough. But I would have never betted against Michael Jordan in a series. I wouldn't have. That's not to say, because, heck, to be honest, and this goes back to the discussion we had yesterday, the 98 Eastern Conference Finals, I think the Indiana Pacers were the better team. Because the Pacers ended up facing the Lakers in the NBA Finals, I think, two years later with that same team. I think the Indiana Pacers were a better team, a more complete team. The Bulls just had Mike and Scotty. That's what it came down to in that game seven. The Pacers were up 15 points in the first half of that game seven at the United Center. But the Bulls just had Mike and Scotty. Point blank. That was the difference coming down the stretch. Are you really trying to sell that, that they had a better team? Are you really? No, no, no. Left. That? I'm left. I'm telling you. I'm flat out telling you that they had a deeper team than the Bulls and a better team. Sure. They had a, be they had a better bench. Their top two players weren't better. See, the top two players for, for, uh, were Jalen Rose and, um, Reggie Miller, bro. But their starting center was better. Their power, Dennis Rodman was at the end, bro. So the Dale Davis and Antonio Davis were better. They had Travis Best coming off the bench. 
They had Chris Mullen. Um, they had Derek McKee. They had a deeper and better team, dude. They did. It's the same thing. The last Lakers championship that Magic won. Come on, the Pist- man. The Pistons on, were man. the Pistons were Come a on, better man. team. The Lakers just won because number one, Isaiah hurt his ankle going into game seven. And they just had more experience. Period. And it sometimes Come it happens on, man. like that. How do you have a better team when Michael Jordan's playing against you? Come on. What do you mean? The Philadelphia Eagles were a better team in the Super Bowl. They didn't do. They didn't have a better How quarterback. You have Patrick Mahomes playing against you. Didn't we just explain this the other day, dude? Didn't we just go through this? We're not going through this again, bro. When you have a difference maker. Is Michael Jordan not the outlier, though? That doesn't mean he had the better team. He can actually do more with less. That's the point. That's the point. LeBron can do more with less. That's the point. He doesn't need to have. He Didn't he beat the better team when he beat Golden State? No, LeBron was the better Stop. team. Stop lying. Lucky Come on. Lying. It's LeBron Stop James lying. and Kyrie. Stop what are we lying. talking about? You proved the better team left. in basketball because you got to play them seven times. Okay, left. All right. All right. Okay. All right. If you say so. Basketball is the only sport where you can prove who the better team is because you play them seven times. That's not the only sport. You can prove that in baseball. You can prove that in hockey. That's baseball? Hell, best two out of three is not the best, though. What are you talking about? They play a seven-game series. What are you talking about? Which one's best two out of three? That hockey? One of them's best two out of three. Uh, no, hockey's seven-game series. When you get to the Stanley Cup. Super Chat. Beef Eater, NDO8. Thanks for the super chat, Beef Eater. Happy New Year to you as well. Can you please explain why Tommy always has very narrow splits between the offensive line? <laughs> it's like running through a fight, running through a fight in a phone booth. Left, that's for you, bro. Because you, you can go to that last play and why it upset you so much in that uh, Rose Bowl. Only just because it's the last play of the game. You're on the eight-yard line. Yeah. And you, and you have – two options on one play and both of them are Mm -hmm. behind the goal line so either way running or throwing it to the sideline you're still having to work for the touchdown Mm -hmm. i think that just puts your team in a bad position and you don't give yourself a chance like they did in auburn where they threw it into the end zone on the last Mm -hmm. play of the game you get a chance through the end zone now you don't throw it in the end zone. You try to run to the end zone. You're going to have a different result. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, you would have you, you would have think it was a good play because he had multiple options. But the type of play it was in that situation just wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, yeah, it, it's. Going back to that question, man, we have to recognize the Tony Kukoc. See, this is if the Bulls did make a move, right? Because Horace Grant was going via free agency. Tony Kukoc was coming, which would have been another dynamic that the Houston Rockets had not dealt with 
previously and facing the Bulls. And Tony would have been that sixth man coming off the bench. It would have been a really good series. I think the Bulls would have made a move to solidify the team and solidify that power forward position. Possibly could they, could they have gotten Rodman a year earlier if Mike had not retired? Maybe. So you would have had a Rodman in his prime with Tony Kukoc. Hey, that would have been really tough for the Rockets. What are you doing? So for that reason, I'll I'll go against what Kenny Smith says. I agree, they would have had a really good shot of winning, but I'll I'll go against it because I think they probably Michael can and you know they probably end up getting Robin a year earlier, and then um, or two years earlier, right? Ninety four Mike didn't play. Then he came back the following year. Yeah, in 95, midway through the season, and they got Robin for the 96 season. So maybe they go get Robin earlier, but they make a move. I don't think they ride with Coach at the four. They make a move. But even if they had rolled with Coach at the four as a starter, that had been really difficult for the Rockets because they had Otis Thorpe at the four. And he would have had to chase Tony around. It would have been a very interesting series, man. Very interesting series. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that because the Vernon Maxwell, if you can find it, he talked about it. Um, this is the ultimate respect play to Mike, in my opinion, because Vernon Maxwell talked about why they were able because. Uh, the Rockets were one of the first teams that really played inside out with a three-pointer and Hakeem. And you didn't have to face that a lot back in that NBA. Rumble, tumble, you could still hand check. So they were kind of like before their time, you know, the way they played basketball around Hakeem. So defensively, that was a system that the Bulls weren't used to playing and it gave them some difficulty because Hakeem was so dominant on the inside. And so when you play that system, rebounding is difficult for anybody, right? Long rebounds. But the Bulls, their problem was never like rebounding against the Rockets, man. Their problem was the fact they just, they had to give up so much of their defensive principles to try to help on Hakeem. And the Bulls didn't help a lot. Like they would just depend on Bill Cartwright, Will Purdue, Luke Long, guys that they, they didn't care what they gave them offensively. They just wanted them to defend and rebound, right? And the Bulls, Luke Longley might have averaged six rebounds a game. Bill Cartwright might have averaged five rebounds a game, but the Bulls were so great at gang rebound, right? Scotty would get you seven, eight, nine. Mike would get you five, six. Horace would pretty much give you nine, ten. So they were like a gang rebounding team. So they never really had to go out and get – that's why – once they got a guy like Dennis Rodman, dude, it was bananas because now Mike and Scotty could just leak out because they didn't have to gang rebound as much. So that's a great question, man. Like, I'm not mad at Kenny Smith for feeling that way. He should feel that way because even when the Bulls win the championship, they did play competitive games. But Vernon Maxwell, if you guys can find it, I forget the podcast he was on. I think he was on with Gilbert Arenas. 
And he was just talking about the style of play. Their style of play is what gave the Bulls problems. And he said it didn't matter, though, because he said that black cat, that's what he called Michael Jordan. He was like, dude. He said that black cat at any moment. He said, dude, we would have the game in full control against the Bulls and be feeling like that we're about to blow the Bulls out. And then all of a sudden, that black cat would show up. And next thing you know, it's a ball game. He was like, yo, that dude was different. He was just different. Um, but we had left, you were asking, wild card. You might, you were probably thinking about baseball with the wild card in the first round. Being a three-game series. But after that, everything else is a seven-game series. And the last one, uh, Beef Eater said this is part two of his Super Chat. Uh, does Malik think we should spread the O-line out? Larger line splits, do you think, left? I'm very interested because I think Denbrock is more of a, a duo power. But I'm sure he'll he'll shape the running game around the Yeah, he was more of a zone scheme, zone inside-outside zone. Hey, now. It's a read option. Left, left. You just you just made me very happy, boy. Let me. Hey, I'm excited. Left. This might this dude. We might say this. We let's break down the running game tomorrow. Can we do that? Can we start breaking down Mike Denbrock? Yeah, let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, because dude, you just got me super excited, bro. Because Jeremiah Love in a zone scheme left with his cutback ability. He reminds he could do that's it'd that's be really like, good. That's like Tori and Foston all over again, bro. Yeah, we'll do tomorrow. We'll break that down. We'll break that down. Whew. Lucky Lucky Podcast. We'll yeah, we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. Man. But left, you know what? My fault, left. We got to punch that ticket today. Thank you for everybody in the chat. You got to make sure we punch a ticket. I got something real special for left that I think is going to get him really excited. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story today brought to you by Noah Whiskey, NoahWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, NoahWhiskey.com. Yo, I agree with you guys in the chat. Both running backs could be very prosperous and have good success in that zone running scheme. Man, I can't wait to break that down tomorrow. Lucky Lucky Podcast. So, um, I'm trying to find 
a clip. But Dan Orlovsky, come on down. We're going to punch your ticket, my man. First of all, you were on Get Up and you ate a pancake off the ground on live TV. Then you went and made it worse. Because you actually went on first tape, my man, and actually smelled on live TV, sniffed Molly Karam's shoe, which I have no clue how that's going to play at your crib. Wait, which one? Did you see this dude when they had Dan Orlovsky sniffed Molly Karam's shoe on TV? Oh, yeah, he sniffed his shoe on TV. Bro, I, I know my wife wouldn't be happy with that thing. Is it I, what's what is it that bad though? Fam, I couldn't get away with that. No. Oh, oh, he's 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 married. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's married. He talks about his wife all the time. There's no way. Yeah, he can't be sniffing no lady shoes. No, no. Well, I wouldn't sniff it if I was single. I would sniff it if I was single, but I'm definitely not sniffing it. And then on top of that, we got to put your boy, just because, man, I got to put your boy, um, Victor Wimbenyama on the, yeah, dude, John Morant got you. Come on down, let me punch that ticket. Let me punch that ticket, brother. And he slapped the backboard on you. And he slapped the backboard. And he, that's what made it worse. He dunked, and he slapped the backboard. Left, I don't know if you've seen uh, Mike Miller and, uh, Udonis Haslam, UD, as he likes to be called. He said he hates for people to call him Udonis Haslam. Uh, in a recent interview on their podcast, The OG Show, they had Bam Adebayo on the show. I don't know if you saw this. They said About James Johnson? That cat, James Johnson, one of the teammates during practice, called him out of his name, bro. Called him out of his name. They said James Johnson. <laughs> told him you got to see me after practice yeah he just said oh yeah see me after practice dude what do you do with that dude have you ever had a moment like that on the football field where somebody takes a late hit or something or or they do something and you're like okay all right not I to the james johnson effect because he was serious but, did, you know, do you, do you have moments like that in the locker room at Notre Dame where it's like, all right, man. Well, football is more like on the field unless it's like right before the end of practice. But usually it's like they'll handle it right then and there and be a big skirmish. The only time you ever see, man, I don't know, man. It's not as common as you would think. If anything, is handled right then and there, which is the right thing. You know, don't wait forever and then do something, you know. Yeah, I was about to say, would you – Um, yeah, dude, I, yeah, that's petty. I don't think he had to fold them up in the corner because that's what they said. They said he folded this dude up yeah, in the corner. Yeah, they said he got him good. They said he got him good. Folded this man up in the corner, had him crying, and then hugged him. Yeah, said, you all right? And then left. <laughs> like, bro, you can't hug me after doing that, fam. You, no, no. No, they said the equipment manager was mad because he knocked over the towels. He beat them up so bad. Dude, 
No, we can't be teammates, dude. That that's worse than Draymond to me. Well, Draymond knocked knocked the little man out. So ain't nothing worse than the Draymond because that wasn't that wasn't cool. But if well, it's a see, gentleman thing, well, y'all understand what's gonna happen. I mean, you just took your hand and move on, man. Ed three say he's more creeped out about eating the pancake off the ground. And Justin said, yeah, that's creepy to do that on TV. Yeah. What would you do if he sniffed your wife's shoe? Like if that was somebody, if Molly was your wife, he sniffed your wife's shoe on TV. I would no, I mean, I would just think would he's you, a weirdo. Would you keep it cool? Uh, he would just be a weirdo to me. You're like, dude, you're a weirdo. Because it's not like he tried to <laughs> holler at her. He just, it's like, damn, you, like, that's your fetish? Because what, what's that? Is that the same as when a dude him and, says him and Rex, about dude's him wife? Him and Rex Ryan, right? They both have feet fetish. No, what's the, what's the one where the dude said something about the, the black man wife? He said, that's not oh, what yeah, your yeah. wife said. Is that the same level? Mm-mm. He was like, your wife thought I looked good or something like that. Yeah, that's that's that was that was super petty. This is just petty because it's like, dude, you're embarrassing yourself, bro. Like, what are you doing? It's nasty. Or all, all the smoke, Doc Rivers. I'm going, this is not me. Doc Rivers. On all the smoke with Steven Jackson and uh Matt Barnes said that they didn't fear LeBron when he first came into the league because he wasn't a student of the game. And he said it wasn't until 2009 when they played him in a preseason game and LeBron started hollering out their sets, which he had never done before. He said he turned to Tom Thibodeau and said, we're in trouble. Left is up to you whether or not you want to put him on the petty trains. I know you probably feel like LeBron has been a student of the game since he set foot in the NBA. I just don't feel like you could be the number one at 17 years old, not being some sort of student to the game. So you want to put? Yeah, I don't think there. I don't think he's like Patrick Mahomes, where he's like, I didn't know anything about defenses until <laughs> I played the Super Bowl, like head ass. It's like, all right, Patrick, you know. So Pat, no, I don't think you know what I'm starting to like learn. That. You know what I'm starting to learn, Left. That cat Patrick Holmes is trolling us, dude. Because he, he tries to be. give us, he tries to give us this be. nice dude act. Patrick Holmes talks some of the biggest trash in the world. Because what he said to Jalen Hurts at that media night was unnecessary. And it goes down as one of the pettiest, oh my, funniest God. things ever. Like, oh man, you at the hotel? Oh yeah, I I rented out a crib. Like, yeah, I'm next to the stadium. I've been there to shoot. Since... I rented that crib back in last January. In the summer, before we even hit the hit training camp, I was already right. had some of my stuff from the house over there already. You know I had I mean? shipped it already. Yeah, like I had my personal blankets and towels laid out. You know, I got the house christened. You know, saged out. Ready to hit, hit ready for to take my family on. So Patrick Mahomes ain't had my daughter's crib duplicated. And built. Yeah, the crib was built. 
They had it built, set up, ready to go, rock and roll. Before we even went in the training camp, before they even named you the starter. Because you were still think, battling in camp. I think you know he was I mean? trolling. I think he was trolling when he said that I didn't know defenses until my third year. Like, bam, come on, man. Man, dudes get around LeBron, just start capping, just like Taylor Rooks, just start talking all type of. Taylor Rooks can do that to you, man. Taylor Rooks can do that to Taylor, you. I got a Taylor Rooks story, bro. Oh, you got a Taylor Rooks story? That's so you, funny. You know, Taylor Rooks went to U of I. Oh, that's right. That's right. And she went to U of I, straight out of ATL. So we were covering uh, Big Ten Media Day, right? And this is like fresh, fresh gradu- freshly graduated, doesn't even have a job with the Big Ten yet, intern Taylor Rooks. Like, you know, not dolled up hair kind of like, you know, just combed to the best that it could be. And yo, I just remember my guy from the Big Ten introducing me to her and just laughing about Atlanta and stuff, this, that, and other. And then I remember when she got a job at the Big Ten Network, we had on WGN Radio, right? To talk basketball. Like people don't know she's very, very knowledgeable about basketball, bro. Because I think her family, I think like all, everyone in her family plays sports. And if I'm not mistaken, she either has brothers or cousins that play basketball. But even though she covers football, the majority of the time, she's very knowledgeable about basketball as well. And I never forget, now remember, I met intern Taylor Rooks, right? So this is like two years later, and in walks Big Ten Network Taylor Rooks. So I'm in the production booth and she walks in and I look through the glass and I'm like, whoa, that's not the same. Is that the same person? And now what she's become, you know, like she's like you said, guys sit down next to her, they forget their thoughts. They answer the wrong question. She has to bring it back. They just kind of lose themselves. So yeah, yeah. Or they get he on there and try to lose themselves. They lose themselves, bro. <laughs> they lose themselves, man. One of my bros from Barber's Chair, Barber's Chair Network, that covers the Bears. That dude, I think he's the Bears played on a Monday night game or a Sunday night game. I think the Bears played on Sunday night. And he got a chance to take a picture with Taylor Rooks, and that dude posted it all over his IG. And I was like, dude, you didn't post that picture for professional purposes. He was like, no, I didn't. I was like, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. You just wanted dudes to see that you stood next to Taylor Rooks. (laughs) Dudes, man, it's almost like they get around her, man. It's like, oh, man, I got to take a picture with her. Like, come on, man. But she represents the fight in the line very well. She does. I'm proud of her. Proud of her, man. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Great show. Uh, left, so you are putting Doc Rivers on the petty train, right? I figured. Everybody, enjoy your day. Tomorrow, we're breaking down Mike Denbrock, the run offense, and what it's going to look like. I'll see if Cam can jump on. Cam can definitely describe that along with you. 
left. That'll be a great show. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have a great Wednesday. Make sure you spin it. If Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.